Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. Well, hey there, beautiful listeners. Welcome back inside the sound. This is MJ. Gypsy King is in the house again today. Do you have a, do you have a first name, Gypsy King? Mr. V. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to reveal your first name. You want to just go by the surname. It's fine. It's fine, Ryan. So we... <laughs> it's just... Don't, don't, never mind us. We have a wonderful guest, a special guest today, uh, a master musician, uh, well, I, I just would love, love for you to introduce yourself to our uh, beautiful listeners if you want to say hi to everybody. Hello, beautiful listeners. <laughs> What's up? My name is Jacob. <laughs> My name is Jacob Umansky. Um, I play bass for the band Intervals, um, as well as the band Gia. And um, yeah, do do a bunch of stuff in the, the world of bass and low end. So yeah, happy to be here. Thank busy you so guy. much. You tell you're a busy guy already without even asking. Yeah, for real. Like, I don't know what it is about. It's so hard to find a good bass player that, you know, they'll definitely, they'll be in multiple bands usually when, <laughs> when you That's find a good bass yeah. 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 I mean, that was a thing when I was like, uh, when I was younger, my dad would always catch me playing guitar more than bass. And he'd be like, Jake, play bass. Like, there's, what did he say? He's like, for every, like, 10 guitar players there's one bass player and for every like and then and like and 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 like or like there's two guitar two bass players and one of those bass players is actually good so he would always say be that good bass player so now that was kind of my thing you know i'm a multi-instrumentalist but bass is my obviously my main thing but as i was growing up my dad would always be like jake Stick to bass. You don't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none. And so that was kind of my my thing. So the whole yeah, there's there's you know I know I'm fortunate enough to know a lot of good bass players, but I absolutely understand what you mean. Yeah, we uh, we experienced the the ratio that you were talking about yeah, when we, we were forming a band. We were <laughs> <laughs> the <rate. laughs> I was like, that's what I'm playing the bass. We're just gonna do it. Um, but I actually, I am, I am a bass player too. I've just, I'm not, I'm not on your level for sure. I would say, uh, um, but I, I definitely, uh, I have a love of the instrument. I played jazz bass in high school, and oh, very cool, I like just, the, like the upright. You mean? No, no, it was a Fender jazz bass. Um, oh, a Fender jazz. Okay, yeah, sick, nice. But I, I absolutely just, I love the low end. You know, there's something about that. Um, it's where that rhythm and the melody first come together. You know, it's the, it's the foundation, the heartbeat of of any song and um exactly yeah, for sure exactly so, um, man just really grateful for you to take the time uh to come and be with us i did get a, a chance this week to listen uh and, and watch some of these videos of you 
on YouTube, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the guy you got to come on, dude. This is fa- He's fantastic. Yeah. Like, dude, you have such a <laughs> – well, what the, the thing that's really hard – so even if you find a bass player who, who can play really fast, let's say, the, the difficulty is knowing when to, like, pull back and, when, like, when to stay in the pocket and when to make those transitions flashy. And, boy, dude, you have that down. Like, oh, my gosh, dude, it's, it's like, almost painful I how that, good man. you are, dude. It's so cool to see <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that you develop like any other skill. It's like like taste. Um, yeah, taste is so important. Um, my my thing with that is we are an instrumental band, and in that you know the guitar takes the melody quite a bit. Um, so when I'm writing, my first thought is okay, I want to serve the song and be the bass player. There are a lot of really cool moments. There are a lot of cool melodies that I want to latch on to, but let's, let's, you know, mm-hmm. let's keep in mind what needs to be, what, what needs to be done first. So write the bass part and then I'll kind of zoom into the track and I'll listen to different melodies or different, you know, passages the guitars are playing. I'll think, okay, cool. So that happens more than once. So I'll acknowledge that the second time. So it kind of could, it would like signify, okay, this is the last time this section's happening. So let's have the bass double it. Or if there's some crazy double bass drum fill, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to slap that. Cause I think it's going to sound <laughs> badass, right. but it's, but, but yeah, <laughs> but it's all, a lot of that stuff comes after, um, because again, it's really easy to in this genre, the whole progressive metal, whatever you want to call it, um, it's really easy to overdo stuff and kind of lose sight of what your job is supposed to be, which is being a bass player. Yeah, that's what I, I feel like you do that fantastically within the band, but I feel like you guys must get along really well because you kind of have a mutual respect in that way. Seems like you mm. everyone knows when to step back and everyone knows when to elaborate and it seems like it works really well so every instrument gets to shine in its own way. Yeah, I mean, we spend, you know, months and months out of the year with each other so we kind of, you know, even even if we have our disagreements or, you know, little, little, little arguments at times, it's, they're, they're all my, my family. So, <laughs> and it's, and that's, that's the thing. I think that's the special thing about it is that, um, you know, if, if anybody ever gets in an argument or anyone's having a bad day, as soon as you get on the stage, it's, it's over. And then, and then you kind of, even if it's with somebody who you're playing on stage with, it's like, all right, we had our little scuffle today, but yo, you sound sick and you're making me sound sick. So I love you. <laughs> that's kind of, that's whole, that's been my thing. And, and reg- yeah. And as far as the studio thing goes, I think this, this album was really special that we just released because it was one, it was the first actual intervals record that I've been a part of since I joined in 2017. And I think it was really cool because um, like we'd been playing with each, on stage with each, with each other for like three years now. So we kind of, captured in my opinion i think we captured that energy we bring to a live show and put it on the record so i thought so i was really excited about that and there's definitely yeah we definitely you know in the recording process you know i'll definitely have that like a, a bunch of moments where i'm listening to the guys and i'm thinking wow like you absolutely crushed that i cannot wait to record over this so <laughs> yeah there, i yeah so you're you're definitely right about that that's a good feeling we know how that is. Yeah, when you have a when you have <laughs> yeah. really strong creative minds in a room, eventually you're gonna have a there's there's always couple gonna be disagreements, a little bit of friction. But overall, for sure, <laughs> what what comes Absolutely. out of it is something <laughs> truly awesome. Yeah, a hundred percent for real. Definitely. Now we uh, 
we always talk about um, with our the people we interview that every superhero has a good origin story. So a base superhero like yourself, I'm sure, has a really awesome origin story. How would you describe <laughs> your base origin story? Like describe uh, my base origin story. Um, basically, what happened was, from what I understand, when I was around three years old, I saw Elvis on TV. What? And I, my parents, my, my, no, just hold up. So like <laughs> my parents told me my eyes, my eyes were just like glued to the TV. Just not because of fucking Elvis, but right. just because it was like someone playing music. Performance, yeah. And yeah. And so then in a couple of years, like, like a year later, I saw Kiss on TV. Oh no. And then, yeah. then I was really like, I saw, G I saw Gene Simmons and I was like immediately obsessed with him. So a couple of years later when I, you know, was a bit more of like, a, like a human and not like a toddler, um, I was still really into kiss. And I told my dad, I was like, yeah, I want to be like Gene Simmons. So he's like, so you want me to buy you a guitar? So they bought me my first acoustic guitar because I wanted to be like Gene Simmons. Later, I found out that, um, Gene Simmons was a bass player right. a month after I got my guitar. And I was like, huh. Shit. Well, uh, I want it. Dad, give me a bass. And he's like, Jake, I just bought you this guitar. Like, no. And um, <laughs> so so after kind of wearing him down and taking guitar lessons for about like six months, he finally bought me like this little Gretsch Les Paul bass for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And um, so I, I started learning on bass and um, I I got this Gene Simmons or Kiss tab book or music, sheet music book. And there is... I, there was my favorite song, which was uh, God of Thunder. And okay. I got the tabs for it and I was so excited about it. And then I learned and I saw it and the bass note and the bass part was just bah, 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 bah. And I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> like as a bass player, as a bass player, I appreciate that now. But as a kid, like I was, I was thinking, wow, I really like this isn't enough for me. I, I want to do more. I, so that kind of is what kind of led me into, you know, more, I guess, in the direction of Prague and you know more advanced styles of not advanced but technical styles of music and my dad was a huge prog fan like yes was always playing around the okay. house um king king crimson um tool so all that stuff was kind of absorbed led zeppelin all that stuff was kind of absorbed into my brain and then when i was around eight we went to this my uncle ran or uh, my, yeah my uncle helped run like like some a bunch of jazz festivals and we saw this Chapman stick player and um he was friends with my uncle so he we got to talk to this guy and we were and my dad was talking to him and he was like yeah my son's trying to get uh you know an actual bass teacher not a guitar is two plays bass to teach him and he recommended this guy named Mike Frost who became my bass teacher for like around 11 years oh, wow. who oh, wow. I so yeah so from around 8 to or seven to eighteen, I studied with him, um, and I didn't take it. And I didn't always take it seriously. You know, I was a little kid. I was like, "All right, teach me the baseline from Holiday by Green Day." And right. he was like, <laughs> "And he was like, I was like, no, I, I want, yeah, and teach me a, a like a photograph by Nickelback or any any of that, <laughs> you know, whatever was Good popular tunes. on the radio." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like, "Okay, cool. I'm also going to show you true. Teen Town." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he, but he was like, "Okay, cool, but." I'll show you, we'll split up the lesson. So I'll show you, you know, he started to teach me jazz and a little bit of theory. And now I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't want, I don't care about this. And right. then we would learn a lot of that stuff. And then as I got older, I got more into bands like Pantera, Dream Theater, Avenged Sevenfold. And then that's when I realized I was like, oh, this stuff kind of, 
the stuff he's been showing me and uh, all that and all this stuff moment. kind of yeah and that was around when i was a teenager and i started being in bands and and writing like rock songs and you know stuff like that and then i yeah so that was kind of my origin story and it eventually led me to go to school for music and from there i you know i got a degree in performance from berkeley and i met oh, my wow. i got my um i met my first like decently sized band there and then they introduced me to Aaron from Intervals and then that's how I got the Intervals gig so there's yeah I guess another story we can get into but that's kind of my origin is just you know I started out because I wanted to be like Gene Simmons right. and eventually <laughs> I was again like Gene Simmons is sick Kiss is right, sick yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely not what inspires me to do what I do it's just as a kid that's what led me to bass it was Gene Simmons, and then eventually me realizing how awesome and inspiring the instrument was. For sure. Yeah, that happens. I think like someone will kickstart you, like or get your wheels turning on the instrument, and then you'll see like a player that's like, oh, okay. Like for me, it was yeah. Van Halen, like that opened my eyes. Like, oh my gosh. Like, do you have like a, a specific player or a couple of players that were like, oh man, like you didn't know that the bass could be played that way? Yeah. Um, so after Gene Simmons, it was kind of, um, so I got introduced to Jocko Pistorias, which was like the opposite end of this, that spectrum. Um, but I, I'm not like a jazz guy, so that right. I was inspired by that, but it really took me to like guys like, um, Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold was like my first bass player where I'm like, wow, like the bass sounds so cool. It doesn't sound like just bass it's there's distortion behind it it's punchy right and um then that led me to guys like who were before him um like rex brown from pantera of course yeah. and um that kind of stuff and from there i got into dream theater that led me to bands like between the buried and me um oh, yeah, sure. and yeah so they're they were a huge influence their bass player dan briggs who is actually a Weird to say, but he's like a friend of mine now. Oh, well, so, yeah, cool. but yeah. So when I was, you know, when we toured together uh, last year, but it was just so crazy that, you know, I was around fourteen or fifteen or maybe fifteen or sixteen and listening to this music and learning their songs, and now he's a, a friend of mine. So that's really that was like a really cool moment. So I would say probably like Rex Brown, Johnny Christ, Dan Briggs were some of the guys that really got me into what I'm into now. That's um, cool. And like what's, yeah. what's funny about that too <laughs> is um in in Pantera and Avenged Sevenfold like unless you're listening to it with a musical ear because the guitar just, is so, you know, poignant you might not yeah. even give the bass players credit for what they're doing. But they're doing right. is really awesome though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um I and I saw in like one Oh, I'm sorry. I sorry? Just, I would say the same thing between the Buried and me, like unless you're listening for it. I mean, it sticks. I just you. I, I don't know. You. You. It's. It's hard to appreciate the bass unless you have an ear for it. Unless you. I don't know. Like mm -hmm. You're gonna have to. I think more so like BT Bam fans. They know to listen for it. Mm -hmm. But I. Yeah. And what inspired me from Dan was that. So I think he writes a lot of the music too, which is unbelievable. But what was really cool that I found interesting when I was around again, like 15 or 16 was that like, he wasn't like Avenged Sevenfold or Pantera just doubling the guitars. Most of the time right. he would take, like there would be the guitar riffs going on, 
but he would also write these contrapuntal bass lines under it that would link up to the guitar part parts at some point and then you know go off and do their own thing outlining the yeah that's cool the progression and stuff like that so yeah dan was a big influence of mine and and later it just came you know i got really into slap obviously if you like saw my videos it's kind of like the thing i do a lot um <laughs> but um guys that kind of influenced that i would say probably marcus miller was one of the main ones and um Henrik Linder from Dirty Loops was a big influence. I think I was around like 17 when I first saw him play and I was like, how do you do that with your hand? Yeah. What? <laughs> We've all had that moment. So, yeah, exactly. So that was a big one for me, I think. Awesome. So now you're obviously a professional. Um, was there a moment in time where you knew like, okay, I'm going to put everything into the base. Like, was there a specific thing that occurred or were you just kind of doing it? And like, if the opportunity presented itself, you were just going to go with it. Um, it's just been the thing that I love to do most in life. Like it's always kind of been that way since I've, it's always been, my life has always kind of just been around bass. I've always mm. wanted to be in, I've always wanted to be in a band. I always wanted to tour. Um, and when I was in high school, you know, I did jazz band. I did like the advanced jazz band where it was like, you know, you have to audition. And then I would do like all county and all state and all that stuff. And I got in or didn't get into all state, but all the other ones, like I got into those and I was super, even if I was playing like upright bass, I was still really into it. And when the time came to go to college, like I got into my dream school, which was Berkeley and when I, it was really when I got there, like I knew I wanted to be a professional musician, but it was really when I got there and after the first couple of weeks of being there and wanting to, you know, major in performance, I was, it was kind of, you know, you don't really have a choice. It's like you can either go there and and push yourself and and hope hope you come out at the other side or just like, all right, I'll go home and whatever, I'll just be in a band. But, and again, there's a ton of like, you know, you don't have to go to music school, but I think it was that that moment when I got there, when I thought to myself, all right, I, I'm going to have to, I'm just going to do this. And this is what I want to do with my life. And, you know, my goal, you know, I always wanted to, you know, I wanted to live on a tour bus. I wanted to work with awesome guitar companies. I, I wanted to make a, a, a life out of music. So I think it was around like my last year of high school when I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go for this. Cause I'd always been in bands. Um, since I was like 12. And so that, that, I think that's, that probably around sums it up. Maybe <laughs> no, no really distinct moment. It's just bass has always kind of been there. Yeah. So it's kind of, you, I bet somewhere in the back of your mind, you kind of knew. Yeah. Like it was always just in my head. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just, no matter what, I'm just going to try to make this happen, you know? And, and I almost like, I got a job when offer when I was in college, when I was about to graduate for a, like a pretty big record company, just like doing copyright work. And, you know, I could have like, you know, had a decent salary doing that and just worked behind a desk in a cool record label, but I wanted to play. And this right. is, I didn't like, I was, I was, I was in a band, um, that was doing okay, but, um, I, I wasn't, I wanted to tour more. I wanted to, you know, work with companies like the companies I work with now and and then I got the opportunity to join intervals and I chose that and I'm pretty pretty happy I did. <laughs> yeah. That's turned out pretty well. So how did you said you might talk a little bit about how that came about? 
Yeah. Um, so when I was um, like a sophomore in college, I joined this technical death metal band called Painted in Exile. And we did some tours. We toured with a band called Scar Symmetry. And uh, on that tour, we the guys in my band knew Aaron from Intervals. And Aaron came out to our Toronto show. And he saw us play and he was like, yeah, you guys are great. Um, I have some routing dates with Pliny where it's going to be me and Pliny playing. And then you guys, I want you guys to open. Um, it's three shows and then we're going on a tour with Animals as Leaders. So, you know, oh, wow. it would just be, yeah. show, it, would, it would just be show the three shows leading up to their tour so they can, you know, play some shows, make some money on the way to that tour. Um, and, um, and so on that tour, my band opened up for Aaron and Pliny. And um, after I think the first show, me and Aaron were just in the green room with some people and he w- he just said to me, he's like, yeah, so like this thing isn't actually my band. It's, you know, it's, it's not going to let, it's not a real, you know, Pliny's from Australia and all that stuff. And so it's not really realistic that that would be the real band. So he, he, he said, I'm probably going to hit you up to play, play bass at some point. And uh, I was like, okay, sure. Whatever. Right. <laughs> um, like, you know, not really thinking I, in my head, I was like, wow, that would be amazing. I would love that. Um, but I just kind of played it off cool. But when I got back to school, um, I started to, um, I, it was when like Instagram only had 15 second clips. So I would just <laughs> post like a 15 second clip of me doing one song and a month later, another one. And, and then around a month after the tour, he messaged me saying, Hey, do you want to do um, a Canadian tour with Intervals? Uh, we're doing a co-headliner with North Lane. And then in about a month after that, we're doing... Uh, oh, no. It was, we're doing this, and then we will, we're going to South Africa to play with Memphis Mayfire. And then we're doing a tour with uh, Polyphia in Europe. So after... So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I just said to the other... The job I got offered... Like no thanks, and um, I and I did the Canadian tour. It went really well, and it, our sound guy came up to me after one of the shows, and he was like, "Hey, just so letting you know, like, if you want this gig, like, you you got it. Like, no one's gonna really like tell you because it's just kind of like chill, but like, it's yours. <laughs> it's 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 yours if you want it. That's great. And yeah, and that's kind of how it happened. And um, you know, before I joined, I wasn't endorsed. I wasn't working with any like bass companies or or pedal companies, and it's called kind of stemmed from, from intervals and, and that. So I'm really grateful to Aaron and all the guys who helped make that stuff happen. You know, I'm actually really curious about your bass because I've never mm-hmm. seen an instrument that has those slanted frets. I'm kind yeah, of curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's so, the benefit to that? And what's the, um, yeah. Know, so here, I know people brand. aren't going to be able to see this. So this is called a ding wall. Um, but the and the reason they have fan frets is because um there's more tension on the lower end so see how the bridge is longer and um so basically what that does is it goes from a 37 inch scale to a normal 30 uh 34 or 33 and on the low b the scale length is longer and same thing with the low e so you can tune lower and there's more tension so you get more no it's kind of like um the same rules apply to like a piano you know how you have the strings in the back uh, of the piano yeah yeah 
So that's what it's inspired by is is that. So you have more tension. So the string, it's like the most clear low B string you've ever heard. And that's um, cool. Yeah. So even though we play in like um, the lowest will go is drop A and drop D. Um, there the the clarity is just there's there's nothing like it in my opinion, and um, yeah, they're they're just an unbelievable company to work with and. They just sound awesome too. The like not just because of the the scale length, the pickups, and the quality of the the instrument. So yeah, they're an amazing company. Yeah, we were talking about like your tone yeah, is amazing, tone. dude. For real, thank, like I love you. the tone, love it. Thank yeah, you so and much. And a side yeah. note from that, like your your precision, I I think it amplifies. I don't know if yeah. it it really accentuates it, but I can tell you're like a precision player as it is. Like every note is very clear and like everything that you're doing is very like you're it's not foggy at all foggy <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're, Thank what, you. you're, what you're doing is like very pronounced and very precise like was that a goal of yours or is that just kind of what your sounds evolved into well no it's definitely something you have to work towards um yeah with this with this music in particular there's definitely a type of like there's a specific touch you have to work on the way you play the instrument, it's, it, it, you know, it varies, you know, if I'm playing R and B, it's very different than when I'm playing like progressive metal. Um, my whole thing is that I want my fingers to almost sound like a pick, like, because that's who, like, like I said earlier, the guys who I really admired were like Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, Rex Brown. Um, so I like that really punchy pick sound, but I wanted to get it with my fingers. So there, that was something to work towards. Um, same thing with the slap technique. Um, it's basically I just want it to sound like a warmer, punchier version of a pick, um, and um, so that was kind of my goal. And 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 regarding the bass, um, what I like about the Dingwall and like the dark glass stuff, it's like you can have this really aggressive sounding instrument without losing the characteristics of that bass. So you can kind of still get that you know fusion like or uh, that J modern J bass sound without losing it in the distortion, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as rega- regarding, you know, the, the precision stuff, it's definitely something I work towards. Um, the way I kind of got to that was just, I would take like learning how to slap like that. I would just take a metronome and put on like Netflix and just go <laughs> bow, bow, bow. And just and to get that quality of the note that I like. And, this, and, and then I would do that with whatever riffs I was learning. Um, and yeah, a big thing also is like recording yourself. I would open up a session in Pro Tools and just play the lick and look at the waveform and see what where there's inconsistencies. And I wouldn't do this all this time because I'm not like a psychopath, but like a lot of the... <laughs> but like, because I, yeah, oh yeah. I, but, you know, a good portion of my time I'll... I'll record myself and that's kind of when you can, you know, it's the most honest form of practicing is when you can actually listen back and hear what you're doing. And that's a big part of what I was, what I was doing when I was starting this. And a lot of the stuff that we write, it's not just that I can up and play it whenever it's written. Like I have to start really slow and, you know, learn the different fingerings or if I, if, you know, there's awkward stuff with the right hand, learn how to, you know, double pop this or double thump that or something like, or whatever the riff calls for. So it's, what I like about it is that you're always learning and it's always pushing you because a lot of the stuff just wouldn't be realistic if you didn't think outside the box. 
with it. So that's that's kind of another thing that I like about it is that I'm always trying to figure something out. There's never like, all right, cool, I got it, done, you know? Hmm. Well, the, the music kind of feels that way, like, when you listen to it as far as you don't know necessarily what to expect, like, ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of cool. <laughs> ever. Yeah, it doesn't get boring. Yeah, so, like, that's got to be, uh, obviously, I can see how that creatively that's always pushing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing I like about the interval stuff, because um, Aaron writes all of it, but the thing that I like most about it, I think not just because it's technical or that I get to work hard and push myself learning it, is that it's a pro- it's approached in the the sense of a songwriter, not just a guitar player. So they're like, you know, well thought out songs with verses and choruses. It's not just like, here's a new section that's hard. Here's a new section that's harder. Here's a new section that's kind of the same, but still different. Right, it's exactly. like, it's, it's like, there's there's variation and there's um, thematic development and stuff like that, but it's it's more or less a lot of them are just pop song structures with you know technical I don't know I guess it's just like a pop song with benefits because we get to yeah. like play and and like you know do all this cool stuff over it. But if you just you know if you if you strip it all down to the bare bones, it's just a pop song. Yeah, you. It's very like I can listen to it and enjoy it. I know there's sometimes where I get a little thrown off by the little too. It's a little. I guess some things can be a little too out there for me musically. Yeah. But you guys have like a like again taste. I think yeah. taste. <laughs> is a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Wonderful mean, there's definitely taste. stuff yeah. like out. I appreciate that. There's definitely stuff that I like that's really out there that I. You know, but it's all it's all about what you're in the mood for, you know. Yeah, that's true. But um, but yeah, I would agree that it's it's pretty, um, you know, we like to keep things digestible, I guess. Um, but I think I like more so. It's just like the way it's packaged. You know, it's it's progressive metal, it's guitar music, but there's thought behind the songwriting, and that's what I that's what I think drove me to wanting to stick with this band is that not just yeah i got to build my stem my career as a bass player and get all these cool endorsements and you know work with all these awesome people but i in sincerely enjoy what we do what we create so that's that's a big thing that's so important yeah i noticed that uh you were a session bass player as well yeah um, i mean that's a that's a big yeah. part of it yeah my career mm-hmm. so uh is there one thing that you prefer more than the other, like being in a band and writing with that band and performing or just going into a session and just being pushed creatively to come up with something? Or is My it, favorite. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, if there is a better, I don't know. But mm, I I think my favorite thing, because I like different different parts of all of it but i think my favorite thing to do is to have a new song that we wrote as a band or like that you know aaron writes and then i put my contributions to and then we go out and play it and seeing the crowd the crowd's energy um and how they react to it because then that's kind of that's the just the best feeling in the world which sucks because i don't get to have that feeling this year yeah but um (laughs) but um but that's absolutely the best feeling in the world is like you know, putting something out into the world and then performing it and then receiving the energy that that song, you know, generates. It's my favorite thing in the world. But 
Um, I love doing session work. I love working with with my friends or just even random people who just message me around the world to want me to play on their music. <clears throat> um, I've done, let's see. I'm working with, do you, have you heard of the band Entheos? I have not. No. It's, uh, okay, so there, it's the guy, it's the drummer, old drummer from Animals as Leaders. Um, oh. um, yeah, and it's his project. So I'm playing based on their stuff. I've done. Cool. Yeah, there's a, I, there's a lot of stuff that I've done this year in particular that I'm super proud of and I'm really excited to come out. Um, yeah, and I, I more so just like, my favorite part about it is sending them sending me their track and them just saying like, okay, yeah, do this, but just kind of do your own thing. Mm. Me sending it back and then, and then the reaction I get from whoever I, um, from whoever hired me to do the work is like my favorite thing is like contributing what I contribute to the song and then hearing, you know, what they have to say, even if it's like, you know, constructive criticism, I just love being able to go back and forth and kind of just elevating their song to however they want it to come out. But yeah, but I definitely prefer, I love recording, but I definitely prefer the live thing. Um, I love writing new music and I love being a part of that, but my whole thing is just playing live is what, you know, gets me out of bed every morning. Yeah, I, I, most musicians, I think, agree. Yeah, there are everyone's, you know, itching because they have to be, uh, you know, shut in. I guess that's. Are you are you able to do any type of shows? Uh, maybe you know, online or just um, super small deals um, or. We're. I can't really say if we're we're they're thinking about live stream stuff. Um, I'm not really sure where our manager's head is at with that stuff. And to be honest, I'm. If we do it, I'll be stoked. If not, it's not the end of the world because a part of me just wa- kind of wants to save this new music for when, you know, the shows are back. But I'd be happy to do a live stream thing with the band. It's all about what management wants us to do. And I'm honestly, I'm for it. Or if we don't do it, I'm not going to get all bent out of shape about it. Um, but I've done live streams with the guitar companies I work with. Um and I'm doing like I think we're planning like a big one for January where, um, like the company gets all their artists and like each day there's going to be a different artist or something like that. So that one I'll probably do some cool production stuff. Like I'll go into a studio and you know have everything set up, get a couple of camera angles and someone who actually knows how to live stream properly. And right. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's probably the closest I'll get to a show. You know, in 2020, hopefully the end of 2021 there's there's we we have you know we have dates booked or tentative dates booked so right we'll we'll see i i'm you know everyone's dying i'm not just gonna say i'm dying everyone's yeah. dying back out there <laughs> um you've yeah. talked a lot about how much the uh, live performance means to you and connecting mm. with the fans and all that when when you get up there to perform like is there one quality in your playing or your performance that you are trying to convey perfection no i'm just joking um (laughs) no um i think the coolest thing is that we play pretty technical music and the live show um it kind of humanizes it a bit like you go and see the record and listen and think it's wow like there's so much crazy shit going on but my favorite thing is just to go out and have fun and like show people like, yeah, this stuff is technical and stuff, but like you can still, you know, put on a rock show and do it. You know, that's, I think that's my favorite thing is to have that kind of balance of 
like technicality, but also just energy. Right. If that makes sense. No, it does. And like, how do you, how does your mindset affect how you feel on stage? Like, have you, have you come to that? Was that always the way you, you know, looked at your live performances or? I think I've always, I've just kind of been scared to not have ener- like energy on stage ever since I was a kid. I remember I was around 11 years old and playing bass and I got asked to play in this band with like 18 year olds and we had our first show um, and it was a f- first show. Like it was fine, but um I was just standing there like this with my bass being like, you know, 11, I was 11 years old. Yeah. Paul no, McCartney like more, more, no, no, more so like John, M, like John M whistle where he, he would just stand there like just super, <laughs> just stoic, just focused on what he's doing and not even acknowledging anybody. And I, after the show, I was like, I went to my dad. I was like, how'd it go? How'd it go? And uh, he was like, yeah, you played fine. You just didn't move. <laughs> I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And then all the picture, all the pictures of me were just like this. <laughs> and like, just standing, just standing there. Like, like, like someone just like killed my dog. And, um, and, and from the, and from then on, I was just kind of like, okay, cool. So the playing's there. But we need to we need to work on you know moving around and engaging the crowd. So from then on, it's just always been like anytime I play, I've just been compelled to like that. It just kind of scared me into not never wanting to do that again. <laughs> right. And um, but then but then when you get to play shows where people you know are the energies there in the crowd, then that's a whole other thing where it's like okay, I'm not even scared. Like I, it's impossible for me to not be into this and. But um, yeah, I think it's 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 always been there. But you know, first show ever, the crowd doesn't know who you know. We're just a small band, and there's not that much energy coming to you. So, but then when you start to play bigger shows, and and you know the fans are there, it's like okay, I'm receiving all of this energy, and I need to give it back. So mm. that's kind of how that's kind of how that goes. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a really you know that's there's nothing like it. There's like nothing like that feeling. Like we we did this show um, right before the quarantine. Um, well, it was it was in uh, it was about a year ago, so it's just kind of messed up. But we played a show in uh in the mountains at a festival in India, and we played in front oh, of wow. we opened for we opened for this band called Carnival, which was another crazy moment for us, and we played in front of like nine thousand people who. Oh in India, like where we're just like, yeah, no one, I don't know. You know, you think of like all these places around the world. It's like, yeah, how do people know who we are? And it was just the most unbelievable feeling. Like you walk on stage and people, like I heard someone say like Aaron's name and Nathan's name and even our new guitarist's name, like they knew who he was. And it was just like the most unbelievable feeling of people just screaming and knowing that music. And that's cool. It was just so, it was just so cool. I, I there's really nothing like it in my opinion that I can't really like, like I can't be like, do you know what it's like? Because yeah. I can't really say that. Yeah. No, that's come up a lot as far as, um, you know, we talk about it too. It's like, if you're not playing music in your life, like something is sorely missing. But like, for example, when you're used to being on stage and and that performance, like we talk about that moment when, when you know, you guys are up on stage in, in your groove, you know, in the moment. 
uh, trying to mm-hmm. give back that energy. And you got fans out there. It's like it transcends everything. You know, it's like everyone just yeah. in that moment and just enjoying it. So we can definitely mm-hmm. relate to what you're talking about. Like being in that moment is just so priceless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had a friend who a lot of my friends from home, they're not musicians. Like they're just like my good buddies I went to high school with. And one of them is becoming a lawyer. And he was like, yeah, so I did this and this. and Or like, you know, when I win this case or something like that. You know, I would imagine it, it's like it's going to be the best feeling in the world. It's like it would be like if Jacob, you know, Jacob playing a show in front of a gajillion people, even though it's even though I'll never know that feeling. The closest I'll get is to winning a case. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like, again, like that's something that's not in my reality. Like I, right. I'll never have that feeling. So I don't know if it's like if it's like playing a show. But in my in my, you know, in my world, there is nothing like playing a show in his world. It could be there's nothing like winning a, a case. You know what I mean? So. Everybody has their version of playing a show, I guess. Yeah, sure. it's just one thing. I it's will just not. Say, it's just not playing a show. Yeah, one thing I will. Yeah, it's just not playing a show. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this though: like people of all other walks of life want to come to see a sh- your show. Like, so that means yeah. something. Like everyone has some type of experience with music. Like it's we talk about it being the universal language. Yeah. You know, so that's right. Like what you're doing is a service, and like again we really want to say like thank you for putting yourself out there for creating content that means something for people on an emotional level like that's a big deal you know right yeah that that, i would agree that's definitely like that's definitely the part where you're like okay there's nothing like this yeah um (laughs) yeah yeah that's i 100 percent agree and it's cool seeing people you know who come to our shows who are like you know, because it was for me, I started out and no one who knew who I was when I was on stage with Intervals. No one knew who I was. They were just like, Aaron made a post saying, hey, Jacob's going to be playing bass for us from now on. And then I got a couple of followers from that. And But now it's three years later and people come to our shows and they say stuff like, I saw your Dark Glass video and that got me into Intervals. Or I saw your Gia video and then that led me to Intervals. And it was just, or someone saying like, cause I used to play, I played bass for this band called the faceless, um, for a, a summer and, um, and yeah, it's, you know, people kind of, you know, even just, it's more so the, the dark glass thing where people just see my videos on the internet and that leads them to the actual band. And it's just, that's the coolest feeling to me is like, wow, this, it moved you so much to go check out our music. And then you came to see us live. That's unreal. You know? And I'm sure it happens a lot, but it's for me, it's still like I'm so grateful to that person to, you know, take the time out of their day to listen to my stuff, go go see my band, and yeah. Yeah, once you turn on one of your videos, it's almost impossible to ignore. Like you, yeah, for sure. You have a, you do have a very distinct sound. The way you play is, uh, definitely caught our ear. Definitely. Thank you. I appreciate so, I mean, that. It's, it's very engaging. Yeah, it's very engaging. <laughs> Like Sick. We, I'm I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, like we talk about, you know, we're we're sticklers when it comes. We love bass too. Like we always are bringing up like cool bass lines and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we all those little nuances, you know, that maybe other people might not know for that add to a transition or that yeah. help the help the drums sound a little more, you know, um, emotional in the moment or whatever. Like all those little things you're doing, like we we appreciate mm-hmm. it. We appreciate oh, thank bass you. players that have the ability to do that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, I appreciate that, guys. I really do. It's, it's definitely, 
yeah, I mean, that's the reason what drove me to playing it is that there's, you know, bass just does something. Like if you listen to bands like Meshuggah and everyone is so obsessed with those eight-string guitars and the guitar tone, it's like, dude, take away the bass and you have nothing. Right. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've come to the conclusion that like having a... F- great bass player is like one of the most important things yeah like, it's a make or break for a hit song it really is not just for a hit song but just for a or functional general, yeah. yeah band you know band. yeah i mean you know you have a lot of those bands doing like the whole you know basses on the tracks thing like um like bands like periphery and they're they've done it successfully and like animals as leaders but you know there's there's just something to be said about having a full rhythm section i think that's what's kind of special about intervals like where like me and my drummer like nathan bull is probably not probably like definitely this the most musical and just hard-hitting drummer i've ever played with and just i haven't seen him in like a year it's messed up but i'm sure as soon as we get back in the same room together because he's they're all canadian but as soon as we all get back in the same room together like it'll it'll just be like 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 nothing ever happened so yeah, that's yeah there's definitely thing, man finding that yeah. chemistry is a big deal too yeah, yeah dude true. definitely definitely it's it's you know you could you could be the sickest dude in the world but if you can't hang then you're then it's all for nothing like you got to right. be a good hang right yeah <laughs> that's a good way to say it <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta yeah. be able to like have a beer with like, the boys or, <laughs> just not, <laughs> or it's it's just it's just not it's you got a vibe or it's just not gonna work out yeah so that's why i always wondered like bands that that were feuding it's like how could you possibly make good music together it just seems like the energy would be completely thrown off so yeah yeah i mean there's there's i don't know there's there's some records where you can kind of tell it's not the same like pantera is probably one of my favorite bands in the world and um like when it got up to like the great southern trend kill i was yeah. just you know, obviously I didn't listen to that record when it was when it came out because I was like six. Right. But um <laughs> but um not probably no, probably younger than that. Um but when I got into that stuff, I got into Cowboys and I was like, this is the sickest record ever. Got yeah. into Vulgar, got into Far Beyond Driven. Oh, that was, that um, got, that's when they stepped it up a notch in there. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite records like of all time, I would say. And then um, reinventing the steel, I think. And then it got to uh, Great Southern Trend Kill, which was, I think, Phil didn't even record his vocals. Like he recorded them at his house or like in New Orleans, like separated because they couldn't even be in the same room together. And like, just it just wasn't there. Whatever magic. In my, I mean, dude, there's great, there's great songs on that record, but there's definitely a vibe that's not there and that's why I, that that's like my least favorite pantera record um i hate that i'm talking shit about pantera i fucking <laughs> love him so much but but yeah there, that's definitely like my least favorite record and i think that could be the reason i don't know could just not be my favorite record and they could have been getting along fine but i'm pretty sure he, they like they weren't getting along with their singer and he couldn't even be in the same state as them yeah that definitely if you're used to something you can sense it it has to pick it has to translate into the music there's there's no other way that's music is so emotional and so connected you start to realize that for sure Mm -hmm. but yeah we we don't have any problem talking about pantera (laughs) dimebag was definitely um one of my is one of my favorite guitar players of all time too so yeah 
Yeah, and you got guys out there like you know Wes Hauk. Um, no, I don't. you know Wes Hauk, dude. He's no. like, um, he played he played guitar in this band called Alluvial, um, but he's literally just a modern incarnation of Dimebag Daryl. Like he's oh, he's ultimate, out. yeah, ultimate homie. But he is just go to his Instagram and literally anything you click on is just ridiculous. He's <laughs> yeah. yeah, um. I think it's it's Wes and then H A U C H maybe, but um yeah he's an awesome dude, sick dude, but all, most unbelievable guitar player you will ever see, and he is like the biggest fan of Dime, like has all the wash has all the washburns, like he's has um, oh, wow. all these the razor he's all, he, yeah and has he's got these um he's endorsed by Ibanez and he has all these um. Iceman, like seven string Ibanez Iceman that he puts the the sticker under the Floyd like Dime used to do. Yeah. Like he's a he's a big he's a big Pantera guy. And I actually saw him at NAM playing uh Cowboys from Hell with Rex Brown, the bass player of Pantera. Oh, cool. So yeah, so dude, yeah, Wes is Wes is the truth. Would definitely have to for check sure. him out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, crazy, crazy yeah, yeah. She'll change your life for sure. Yeah, we've gotten some awesome recommendations, too, so we appreciate yeah, that. Sure. Yeah, of course, of course, dude. I've, I got them for days. <laughs> well, actually, this has been a part of the, the journey, too, that I've enjoyed with Inside the Sound, is, like, when we interview musicians and to kind of get their, like, get your finger on the pulse of what they're into now. So, like, what what's influencing you now? What's inspiring you now? What kind of music are you going for when you want to mm. step away from your own stuff and you want to be inspired? Like, what are you, what are you, what are you listening to? Um, as far as metal, I'm not really listening to prog. I'm pretty into like hardcore stuff. Like I'm really into knock loose. Um, have you ever heard of the band? If you know, they're called Gideon. I'm, I really like them. Um, a band called Loathe. Um, and as far as not metal stuff, let's see. Let me look at my Spotify. I'm just going to go there. <laughs> yeah, there you Sorry. go. Like what? Yeah. What's yeah. Spotify probably sent you an email, yeah, so, which you spent um, the most time listening to this year, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as metal stuff, yeah, there was those bands. I've uh, been listening to a lot of Necrophagist. Um, as far as non-metal stuff goes, um, Evan Marion, he's a bass player. He played with Alan Holdsworth. That's crazy. Cool. Okay. Also, awesome, awesome homie. Um, let's see what else. Um, been listening to Architects. Um Let's see who else. Uh, so yeah, my, my daily listening stuff—it's really just not metal. Um, let's see, sorry, give me one sec. You realize we won't, <laughs> we won't judge you for that. That's that's actually okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, just give me one sec. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, uh, big thing. I've been listening to a lot of like lo-fi hip hop. Um, oh, no way. there's this guy named, yeah, this, this guy named, um, or like, it's kind of like R&B, not so much lo-fi stuff, but his name's Lofile. He was the keyboardist for the band Issues, and now he's like this crazy producer. That's um, cool. It's not really metal. This, kid, this guy named Jakob Zatecki. He's, uh, like, kind of in the same realm as Intervals, but a little bit more ethereal um, uh-huh. sounding. Um, lots of, like, synth wave. Like, I, I really like this band, The Midnight. Um See a lot of R and B, Robert Glasper, Eric Badu. Um, oh, there's some fantastic uh, Ch- bass lines in the R and B world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Kimbra, um, 
I think my most listened to artist this year was Mac Miller. So that says a lot about where my head's at. It's like, like the cool. stuff I really actually listened to is just not super, super heavy. Um, but as far as heavy stuff goes, really into the new Every Time I Die. So there's that. Okay. Um, but yeah, as far as the metal stuff goes, I kind of have the techniques that I like to use. And then I like to get inspired by, you know, like foreign stuff like like a lot of those hip hop progression or like R and B progressions are super interesting, yeah. Um, yeah. Or fusion progressions, like like the guy that guy Evan uh, Evan uh, Marion. So, like you know, take like fusion progressions or you know jazz progressions, and then you introduce the stuff that we do, and that's kind of how I've been writing lately. Yeah, it's kind of funny how all the everything you listen to kind of goes into your subconscious somewhere, and then little pieces yeah. of it come out. <laughs> at certain times and you don't even know it hmm. <laughs> it's so true yeah it, it definitely it, it absolutely is it absolutely is um yeah there's this other guy uh anomaly he's uh, a keyboard player for montreal composer not just keyboard player but he does a lot of like that um like piano hip-hop r&b kind of stuff hmm. very but it's all like instrumental synth driven stuff his uh yeah he's unbelievable so that's another guy that's been on my list lately I'm trying to think who else yeah i think that should just to be about it for the what i've been listening to so far it's cool yeah no, but it's fun to hear the spectrum of like different styles and things and artists uh, I, that's insightful too because then you get to see um all that background influence and background music that that, that it takes to be like it's you can't just expect somebody to just only hear one genre one style of music and at least, at least most musicians I know don't just listen to one kind of music. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. No, 100%. 100%. I, I don't know if yeah. it's the case with you, but I think, like for us, I think musicians are just wired to where you want, you're always looking to hear something new. You're always looking to hear something different, a story told that you haven't heard before. And like, so you're always like excited about new music because it's like, oh man, something new adventure I can go on. Yeah, for sure. And there's definitely those guys who are just straight up like metal elitists who will like listen to Slayer, te- like yeah, no, you know, yeah. like like Slayer, te- Testament, Metallica, Megadeth, and just that's it. That's the rotation. You know, that's that's their truth. That's their that's their what they live and breathe. And I respect that. Um, right. But yeah, I agree with you. There's I'm always looking for the next thing that I haven't heard yet. Um, but I love yeah, I love when bands do the whole. You know, there's another band that I really love. Bring me the I love Bring Me the Horizon. Um, okay, it's it's kind of like a weird thing for me because I I used to be into them in high school when I was like a scene kid, um, <laughs> and then and then I just kind of grew out of them. And then recently, I they released this new record and that got me back. Like, and I knew they were changing their sound, becoming more like rock uh, influenced, and you know, more just kind of just doing whatever the hell they want. And they're just become like one of my favorite bands to listen to now because they're they just don't give a shit they're just they, they'll write up they'll they'll write like a metal song they'll write like a pop song they'll write a rock song they'll write like an indie song they'll write like a techno song with grimes and it's like it's so cool to listen to because it's awesome. not even like you have to change artists or like change albums it's all on the same record and That's yeah cool. i i'm yeah i love what they're doing now so See, I, you, love I, I don't that. even i love a group yeah that they're, they're crushing it that's cool to be able to mix yeah, all those different sick. genres into one album, like oh my gosh! And not yeah, just that, but sick. like groups that have the courage just to play the kind of music they want to play for sure, and mm-hmm. not worry. Yeah, about exactly. Anything but that, like 
that's a big deal. Yeah, exactly. There's no, yeah, they just, they, they did it in a way that was just, they kind of eased into it, but they never, they never told, you know, a lot of the fans felt betrayed and I can understand that, but it's the band, it's their art. They're going to do what they want to do and try to push boundaries. And I respect that. And I ultimately like that they did that. Yeah. It's funny the 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 non-musical fans don't understand that as a musician you don't want them necessarily play the same way your whole entire life or, yeah dude 100 yeah, percent. write the same type of music your whole entire it's like true. you're gonna evolve it's true yeah dude even and, and we get that with intervals too you know people like people want to hear the same gent record over and over again and you know it's not 2000 2012 anymore we that's so funny to say because it's like only eight years ago but right. um you know, when Intervals was put out their first record, I was still in high school. And um <clears throat> and I loved it. And then they put out um, you know, people just they just don't necessarily understand the concept of like growing or growing with the band, you know? Um yeah. they just they they like what they like what they like and that's it. And and for people like that, that's cool. Like, you know, come to our show. We'll we'll probably still play some of that music, but if you don't wanna you know, grow with us as artists, then that's that's their choice. But I, I I personally love the you know that bands can just change their sound and you know I respect that. I, I definitely respect that a lot of them. Heck yeah. yeah, and yeah, and this new record we just put out, um it's more of um it's more like it's a lot darker than the the stuff we've done in the past, um, in terms of um I guess overall just tone and songwriting, but, and people seem to, people dig it, you know, and, and I'm trying to think of what, what, um, what a good word is, but um, yeah, it's cool just not to be safe, you know, like, you know, try to, you know, don't really try to like write the, don't write the album for anybody but yourself, you know? I just really appreciate artists that, that like you look at their career arc and, and you can see that, that change. Cause I think it's just such a, it's such a parallel to just life in general because he, we're human mm. beings and we're allowed to change. We're allowed mm. to have different tastes. We're allowed to evolve. And mm-hmm. I really like to see musicians that um, they really, they really, like you said, they go for it, you know, and they, and they're not afraid to, to experiment and find something new. Um, that's just fun to see like groups that, that do that over the course of their span of their careers is like each album is like a new experiment or a new direction that they're going to try and, um, and, and, you know, they're going to write what they want to write. You know, I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool. Definitely. So, um, as far as your bass playing, like, do you feel, from watching you, I would venture to say the answer to this question is yes, but technically are you able to do everything you need to do so like you can express yourself fully on the instrument hmm i would say i'll no matter what i will find a way to do that um just because you know someone could write something or i could be writing something and i can't like i'll have this idea in my head and physically i can't do it yet because it's just something that's not like my hands, my hands can't keep up with what's going on in my head. But, um, yeah, that's what I was referring to. I just, yeah. So it's just all about having the discipline to sit down and make it happen. So I would say, I guess, no, 
But no matter what, I have that. If I want to make it happen, I'll sit down and practice for however long I need to to make sure I can get that voice out. Um, and yeah, I think that's fine. Um, it's it's I it would be weird to just be able to play something for me anyway. It would just be weird to always just know what exactly I want and for it to just come out. Right. You know I. I have ideas and I, a lot of, most of the time I just need to work them out. And, um, I think that's fine. Yeah. I think, uh, again, that's something we like people to hear because we watch one of your performances, you know, and we're like, this guy's mm-hmm. like a, he must be from another planet. Like the, <laughs> the precision. Yeah. So it's like to hear, you know, people that are on your level of musicianship, which is world-class, you know, um, it's nice for other people to hear, yeah, I still have to practice. Yeah, there's things that I can't do, you know. Like some people think that they yeah. never ever can, you know, reach a certain level and it just shows that as a musician you're never quite perfect, you know, you're always a Yeah. Growing, and like you, know? you and the thing is that I think that that people get discouraged by is like you can learn a song on slap bass and it can be really really technical, but then you you know, you can learn there's another song that comes along that's also just as technical. It's on slap bass and it presents a whole new group of challenges. So it's not like you learn a technique or you learn an advanced technique and it's done. You got it. You can play everything. Each song, each lick comes with its own, presents its own set of challenges. And you just need to understand that to, Hmm. you know, that you just need to have like that discipline to sit down and, you know, learn it and, and grow. And, yeah, all the all the stuff that I do, all like every song on the new intervals record, every song that I've learned, there's been moments where I'm like, oh, I can't do that. So let's just sit down and just hash it out. And what I'll do is I just break stuff up. I'll just break up little pieces of those riffs or those little fills. And the best is when it's like two seconds of music. That but it's just so important. Like there's this one fill on the new record on a song called Dose where it's literally like six notes nothing right two 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 seconds and i sit there for hours just trying to get that just just to get that fill down and yeah so it's not just something that you all that you get and it's done so i i always i'm always practicing i'm always trying to work out the easiest way to do things not the easy or the best sounding way because to be honest there's a lot of times where i make things more difficult for myself because I like playing something. If it sounds better over here, then I'll play it over here, even if it's more difficult than playing it at the bottom of the neck. I just said right. over here and here, like the like the people <laughs> who are listening can 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 see me. But like I'll like if, <laughs> I'm playing no, but I'm like if there's a riff at the at the bottom of the neck, um, but there's a passage in that riff that sounds better played at the top of the neck because it's a bit brighter, then I'll find a way to jump or do a hop, skip, and a jump to go over to the top of the neck just because sonically I think it's I think it sounds better. So it's yeah. Point point is there's always challenges. There's no you're never done. That's that's I guess what I what I want. For me anyway. Right. I'm, you're never done. Like you're once you're done, I feel like that's super like if you think you're done, I don't know how you continue to be inspired. Um that is true, very true. Yeah. Yeah. And that placement is so critical to taste. You know, like you said, like mm-hmm. knowing where on the neck to play the the same note or where it might or might not fit like within the mm-hmm. the juxtaposition of like where it's at in the song. Yeah. You know. And to, I think please no go ahead. No, and um the reason why I play this that big surfboard six string is because um <laughs> surfboard. 
because it's because a lot of those no choices, like you know, I'm not you know, I'm not like Steve Vai, I'm not shredding all the way at the top of the neck. <laughs> but um, the reason why I like the six is because you can play a lot of those passages up um, closer to the top of the neck where they sound a bit brighter and more like almost like metallic-y and that in the, the context of like metal that sounds better um, just because it, it sits a lot better in the mix um, and it's a lot clearer. Um, you know, and you can play lower on the neck and you get more of that round, set, warmer sound, which is also, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. Mm. But the reason why I play the six string is not just because I, I shred and I like playing all the notes in the world. It's because the sonically, a lot of those notes up there sound better to me than the way how they would if I was playing higher up. Yeah, and everything you're explaining right now, you like that goes back to kind of what I was talking about. Like in your playing, you can, like you talk about that six second fill. Like those yeah. type of things are the little details that make, you know, that take, in my eyes, a, a musician to the next level to oh, have the for ear sure. for those things. Like mm -hmm. it's it's rare. So when I hear you doing it, you know, and, and the way you do it, it's just really, really awesome. So the, every, all the attention to detail and all the things you're talking about, like that definitely comes through in your playing. For sure. uh, yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you think that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely glad that that comes through. You know, but again, just practicing. You know, it's it, there's no secret. There's no secret to playing faster. There's no secret to playing. Learning how to double thumb quickly. It's just consistency and discipline. Like if you get it to a certain speed and you get excited about it, don't try to play it 10 BPM faster at the end of your practice session. Stop there. And then when you start again the next day, start like, you know, three BPM slower than the day before and then build from there. You don't want to like, you know, that's how you build consistency. It's not just right. like, all right, I'm here. Let's try to go fast because I got a little bit faster today. It's all about just like, you know, slowly inch by inch or whatever, just getting your, you know, building up consistency. That's all. That's all it is, you know. That's yeah, good. that's really good advice to, to young musicians for sure. Yeah, it's like... Practicing with the I'm totally yeah no go ahead yeah I'm totally ripping off I think what Jeff Loomis said he's the guitar player for uh Nevermore I saw this thing where he said like I think it was him he said like don't try to get too good too fast mm, yeah. which was you know it's like you want to get good and you want to like you know get good fast but like don't like rush these techniques because that's how you that's how you know that's how you get I don't know inconsistent in a lot of these different aspects of playing. Yeah, it's good to push yourself, but I see how, like, I think you kind of come back to it, maybe, at least for me. Like, I just wanted to play super fast all the time and see how fast I could possibly go or crazy things I could do. But, and, That's fine, dude, yeah, as long as you the, do it. Yeah, but then you yeah. end up coming back later and being like, I, I, like, you want things to sound a certain way, so you got to get that fundamental in first. You know, you can't just skip steps like you're saying, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. It's like, there's no, there's no secret. It's just step by step inch by inch don't try to skip steps that's that's basically what it is <laughs> for real yeah. well the patience level is a definitely a big part of it yeah 100 <laughs> musician is a patient person yeah more or less i would say or something you know most of them but um you know if you're ever just you know my whole thing is look at guys who were just like like the kings look at guys like marcus miller look at jocko look at richard bona look at um, Hadrian Farode, any of these ridiculous bass players, just 
there's no secret to what they're doing. It's just they practiced and studied and had discipline and consistency. And, you know, I, there's definitely parts where I, you know, I know that like being self-aware, like, okay, I definitely lack this, you know, or like, you know, knowing that, okay, I'm kind of getting frustrated with this. So I'm going to take a break, but you know, I'm, I'll come back to it, you know, just kind of being self-aware of what your goals are. It's super, it's super important too. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, you know? Yeah. Um, but more so it's just me, you know, wanting to just be the best player as possible as far as, far as technical aspect goes. It's, it's just like, you know, in the back of your mind, what you need to do to, to get it, uh, to get to that level. It's just whether you want to, whether you have the discipline and stuff to, to actually do it is the other thing. Like, you know how, like, you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm saying like, there's no secret to it. You know, you know that in the back of your head, you can just practice and, you know, have discipline and do it. But it's just, do you want to, do you want to do that? That's the other thing. Yeah. You know, you, you yeah. want to take the time. I feel like that's, that's kind of my mindset is like, yeah, I know I can do this. Like, like that's what, what happens, you know, cause I can play a lot of cool techie stuff, but if I want to, you know, if there's something I can't do my, in my head now, it's just like, I know I can do this but it's it's take going to take time it could take years to get that good at whatever this technique is so you know but ultimately you know what you need to do to get to that level right yeah it's a lot like you know if we were to go watch you know one of your live performances with your band we would obviously appreciate all the time and effort it took to make that happen like yeah yeah. A lot of people are are ignorant to the fact of of how 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 much blood, sweat and tears you've put into being able to play the way you do. Yeah. So it's and you really, can kind of yeah. yeah. And you can kind of separate that like I'm not I'm not I don't I don't really care if you come to the show because I practiced. I want you to go to the show to enjoy yourself. Right. <laughs> but, you know, the people who like come up to us and say like, "Yo, that was sick." Like those that tapping run was sick or you know, that, that line was awesome or the slapping technique is cool. It's like, I love talking about that stuff. I, I'll, I'll talk your ear off. It's awesome. But as long as you come to our show and enjoy yourself, that's fine. I, I don't care if you, 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 you talk about my practice routine. Like, I just want you to come to the show and, and enjoy, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> I'm sure people do. Yeah. That's funny. Sure. <laughs> But I, I think come I mean, to Arizona when you guys you yeah know, heck yeah. yeah remember to put dude yo, come, Phoenix yo. on the map <laughs> dude dude uh, just shoot me an email I'll guest list you guys for sure heck yeah that'd be fun hell yeah <laughs> dude yeah we're we're <laughs> missing it too like yeah. we're missing being able to go see live music it's just there's something about yeah it. dude like everybody said, is there's something about live that just it's different same song but just different I was talking about this <laughs> another interview another musician but just I find that I even find that I'm enjoying I enjoy the live performances of a lot of songs over the recorded versions you know the the studio versions it's so many different instances because there's that energy yeah for sure the crowd you know that that the mm -hmm. energy they give you and it's the energy you give off in that live mm -hmm. performance I mean it's just uh, without without as much live music in the world it's just it's not you know I don't know. I think we all feel for it. sure. I mean, dude, look at look at Kiss because they put out. I think their first record was hotter than hell, and it did how it did, and people it was received how whatever. <laughs> yeah. But that wasn't what got them on the map. It was their first um, 
their first live record is what I think hmm. like yeah. got that got got the attention. I think it was Kiss Alive One is what right. put them on the map is because you know that record like you know it was just it was just I don't know that that live record is what captured the energy and captured people's attention. And so yeah, I mean it's weird because I think in our in our realm, you know, there's bands that do that. Um, I think we've toyed around with the idea of putting out a live record or doing something in that realm, I would be open to it. I'd be super stoked because I, quite frankly, I love listening back to live shows and hearing little like hiccups and all that human elements yeah, too. Yeah, yes, for sure. Um, but um, but yeah, I think like Periphery just put out a live record that was really well received. Animals as Leaders did it. Um, so I'd be totally open to it. I, I, lo- I love it. And um, as long as we don't use like a take where I fucked up too bad, then I'm stoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the one thing about that live yeah. recording you know of a show it's like oh man this yeah. better be the good night the, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but um you know a lot of it's just culminated culminated to like or whatever throughout a tour like you just pick the best songs from each mm. each night so that's probably what we would do again it's the idea has been thrown around i don't know if we'll ever do it but i'm i'm stoked either way so moving on, like, do you do you have like, like a list of ultimate goals, or are you just kind of just taking it, just enjoying yourself as you go along your ride? And um, as a musician, I do like what I want to get better at. Um, as far as um, you know, personal and like life goals, I I like to like have my own project, Gia, which is the band music that I and me and my other friends write the music for, like eventually take that on the road. Um, um, as far as like, you know, long-term, you know, it's, it's hard to say with like being like a musician, you know, cause you want to keep touring and doing this stuff as, po- as long as possible. Um, my, my thing was like, before this, I was really trying to get into like the Broadway pit scene to so oh. have something a bit yeah oh, so okay. i was like yeah so i was scoping that out before the quarantine stuff i was like sitting in at a uh, beetlejuice i was talking to their bass player and i got That's to watch cool. the show yeah and i was really stoked to like you know start meeting people there and then covid hit and i was i was really into it because i love touring but like it would be so cool to you know have something similar to like a nine to five um where i just play where you were something similar where it's just like a job and you go and you play the show and then you go home and it's right. just, you can go to, you can go to happy hour or whatever. Right. So that was something I was really looking forward to and I couldn't see a future in, but again, you, you who knows when that's going to happen again, but that's yeah. kind of where my head was at before the, before the quarantine right now, it's, I'm kind of just, you know, going with what I'm doing now, which is I, I teach around 15 students a week. I do, um, I do the, the videos for dark glass and Dingwall um, doing session work. So right now it's just a bunch of little things. So ultimately that's kind of what's going on, but yeah, as long as, as far as long-term goals go, there's, there's a lot. So it's, it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. And you never know, like you said, opportunities kind of present themselves that you probably never considered. And then Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Have to go with it. So mm-hmm. yeah, just be prepared for them or, you know, there's no really way to, you know, just be open to it, I guess. Don't really be prepared because it's hard to be prepared for what you don't know what's happening, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you're prepared in terms yeah. of your 
your um, your mastery of the instrument and your mindset sure. as a professional musician, right? Right, and exactly. Yeah. So you recognize said, yeah. good opportunities and and to be able to engage in them when exactly the time is right. That's so critical, and only you know only the best can really jump onto those opportunities. And no, man, that I, you. I was also curious to know, like, what how are you coping? You know, with the pandemic stuff, and you just explained it, like you know, teaching and doing these other videos and things, and. So I mean, at least you're keeping yourself busy and, and engaged in the work, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I'm, I'm lucky. Like it's definitely when it's, when it's kind of hit, cause I teach before, um, but it would be more of like, you know, I'm off for a month, so I'll just do teaching and do some session work and, you know, do some gigs at home. But now when this hit, I was like, okay, I should probably like <laughs> buckle down and see if I can get some, some more students. And now it's gotten to the point where it's like, oh shit, I can just, I can just do this. Like, hmm. like this is like a live, like I can make a living from this. And um, so I'm really grateful to my students and I'm really grateful to, you know, that, yeah, more just grateful to my students that they're, that they kind of just all showed up. <laughs> but no, but it's really cool. It's a really, it's really cool, you know, especially, you know, cause everyone's working from home. So you can kind of get to, you know, meet new people every day and, hmm. or, you know, you know, they're all awesome people. They're all awesome kids or, you know, a lot of them are, are older than me. <laughs> huh. I wanted to circle yeah. back cause you mentioned your teacher and I thought mm -hmm. like, what a good music teacher because they like, they allowed you to, to play both what you wanted to do, but they also pushed you right into doing other. Yeah. It was more. That's cool. Yeah. Like that's a good, it teacher. was, it was. What is your, like, what is your I, method for like, if you're approaching someone who's never played bass before and wants to, wants to play, what do you, how do you get them started? Well, I think it before you go about teaching scales and modes and theory and harmony, it's like, Hey, this is how you play. Uh, this is how you play a uh, seven nation army. It's like, it's like four notes. You got this. Right. Like here's Enter Sandman. And once you once you can like, mm. you know, get them excited like, "Oh, cool, I can actually do this." You know, then you kind of start introducing, "Okay, well, cool. So this song's actually in E minor. Um and that's the, you know, that you can another name for that is Aeolian, which is the sixth mode of the major scale, and then you just kind of sort of um like tiptoe into theory land and and then you know, that's as long as you can get them engaged and excited about playing the instrument, you know, because like, you know, if someone if I showed up to my lesson and my teacher was like, all right, cool, and I'd never played bass before and my teacher would be like, all right, cool. Ionian, Dorian, uh, I'd be like, what? Yeah. Like, excuse me, I would do that. And even I would like have like a panic attack. I was just like, I was because I, I would go and I was like, dude, I just want to play God of Thunder. What the hell? Come on. Yeah, we were all. But, um, yeah, we've been there. Yeah. So it's just all about making them feel that you know it's it's just comfortable you know that you don't have to start off with learning all these scary modes and stuff because i think that's a big thing is like when someone hits me up for lessons they're saying like yeah i i don't i don't i don't know much theory i don't know this but i really like what you do so um you know and if someone says like i want to learn how to slap then i'll introduce them to something really simple that that my technique is based Based off of like i'll show them something like take the power back by rage against the machine there you go or um good one yeah where it's the technique is there or like up even uptown funk killer baseline or um yeah. or um <laughs> yeah. stuff like that where it's just like you've heard on the radio um you know where you can just get 
get into it. And, and then that's kind of how you develop your technique is, you know, I'll give you exercises and I'll give you really techie shit, but it's ultimately you want to enjoy it. So if I give you something that you're enjoying that it's engaging you, and then we start introducing the stuff that to build up the groundwork, then that's kind of how I approach it. That's great. I appreciate you sharing that too. And that's important. Of course, dude. For, for people to understand is, is, you know, the, the, the engagement in the music and the engagement in the instrument has to be there. You can't crush of course. the kid's spirit. You just can't. No. It's not going to yeah, work. Yeah, dude. You, yeah, I'm not, yeah, not going to tell you you can't play Lydian so you can't play bass. Like, <laughs> or, you know? It's like it's such a dick move. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, you know, the different, there's different people and, they, and, you know, they react to different things to things differently. So it's different approaches for each, each one, to be honest, but it's more or less grounded on this. Like, I just want you to have fun and we'll introduce the crazy stuff at a certain point, but you kind of want to ease into it. You don't just want to go like, all right, um, let's learn the seven modes. Let's learn uh, all the modes in melodic minor. All right, cool. Here's the altered scale. Like, no, 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 no. I just really um, appreciate the mindset of tailoring your plan to the student. You know, it's yeah. so important. So important. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of how I learned, you know, my teacher was a bit more, wasn't really strict, but it was more so like, cool, we're going to learn some stuff. And then in the last 20 minutes, I'll give you some, well, I'll show you how to play that thing from uh, Pantera or, <laughs> or even like, I remember, I remember what got me into like uh, five string was like, I brought him lights and sounds by yellow card. And he was like, oh, this, this guy's using a five string. And I was like, oh, what's that? And then he, my teacher played six string. So I, I told my dad, I was like, Hey, I want a five string. So then for my, my fifth grade graduation, my dad bought me a, a five string Ibanez sound oh, gear, which is really cool. That's great. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. It's also cool that your dad, your, your family sounds like they're very supportive uh, for you to jump in and, and do this. Kind yeah, of for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My dad definitely, um, yeah, my whole, my whole family really, but my dad just kind of always been the one to be like, Hey, if you want to do this, you gotta you gotta practice. Like you know, if you wanna you right. wanna be a musician, you gotta you gotta work. You know, there's there's always gonna be somebody who's working harder than you, and who's gonna be better than you. So that was kind of it was just in my brain from an early age, and that's kind of what set me on I guess this path to just doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really that's cool awesome though to have that mindset from a young age and to have the yeah he's sick positive reinforcement yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely. Definitely was. And he was always the one in my, I've said this in a bunch of podcasts that I've done in the last couple of weeks, but like, he was always the one to be like, like when I would be playing Avenged Sevenfold or, uh, or Pantera with a pick, he would like yell from the staircase and just be like, stop using a pick. And then I would be like, that with that out. Cause he, he was not a bass player, but he was just, he was just like, he knew that my teacher didn't want me using a pick. So it just got in my head like, okay, well, if I play this without a pick, it's not going to sound that way. How do I get it to sound like I'm using a pick? So that's what kind of inspired the whole aggressive like plucking thing was my dad was always just like, no pick. And I was like, okay, well, I still, <laughs> I still, I still want it to sound badass. So I have to kind of hit harder and develop this whole other technique, which, you know, other guys were doing before me, obviously, but that's what kind of led me to that direction was just straight up just getting scolded every time I use the pick. <laughs> yeah, that's still a hot topic of debate in the bass world, I see. It's not a debate. It's not, it's, it's not. It's really not. Pick is awesome, and pick <laughs> tone is awesome, and it's whatever the, the song calls for. I don't 
think like people who say you're using your uh, fingers or using a pick as a cop out, it's, it's like, I don't agree with that at all. I think picks are awesome. I think there's amazing pick base players and it's just as much of a skill as using your fingers or slap. Cause you know, I know finger guys who can't play, play pick for shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and vice, vice versa. Right. Well, you it's know, a, it's all, it's, yeah. Makes being you more well rounded. Being able to play the electric spade doesn't mean you can play an upright that well or with a bow. Yeah. Say. Exactly. It's, it's the same technique. thing. Yeah. And same thing. I like both. I mean, I, I really appreciate that punchy tone that you're describing. Like, your tone's great, dude. And, and, and thank it's, you. It, it's hearing the background and the stories that this now makes sense, right? Because, like, using the way yeah, you use your right. fingers, dude, <laughs> like, it's great. It's funny how you can. <laughs> You you can learn a lot of things about the individual by the way they play. Yeah, it's crazy. That's true. So you're you're definitely putting a part of yourself in that in your music for sure. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how yeah. that's how we use the instrument to connect with others. We put ourselves into it. You know. We, yeah. That's how it happens. absolutely. Mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. So. Well. We Absolutely. don't want to take your whole day up here. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate no you. No worries, um, man. Again, like one of the goals of this thing is if we can help introduce um, people like you to a bigger audience, we're really happy about that. But just hearing musicians talk about their experience, their journey, what inspires them, and and then thanking you, you know, for doing what you do because it really is a selfless thing. To, to put in the time practicing to perform for people, you know, to to put your music on record so people can enjoy it. So music is so needed nowadays, and we thank people like you for doing it so well. Dude, dude thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. This has been awesome. Yeah, you know, it's just we really definitely feel that um, – you know, the rhythm and the bass section tends to the, the unsung heroes. You the know, bass players are uh, heroes for real, <laughs> for real. And so we love highlighting <laughs> bass players and highlighting instrumentalists who, um, you know, are able to take, you know, take that, uh, t- take that uh, uh, art, take that art to the next level. Because, like, like we said earlier, it's like the, without the bass, without the rhythm, there's no, you can't really. It makes up the foundation, the, the heartbeat of the song. You know, um, sure. So. Um, if our listeners want to go and find you on social, where can they do that? How can they how can they follow um, up with you? You can find me on uh, Instagram at Jacob Umansky. Um, my website is just jacobumansky.com. And um, my band is at We Are Gia, J-I-A. And Intervals is just at Aaron Intervals on Instagram. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it <laughs> appreciate it man is there any real. any other thing you're probably full on with your students right now huh? yeah pretty much um my band gia has a single coming out probably around next month so look out for that oh sweet um got a bunch of playthroughs coming out for intervals in the next couple months too lots, lots of stuff that's yeah lots lots of stuff lots of stuff Heck yeah awesome hell yeah well folks you know where to find us anchor.fm slash inside the sound Jacob, thank you so much again for coming on, and uh, we love you all. Bye.